1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
2: Late third quarter in 901. what happened there? And
1: offensively it seemed like you guys settled for a lot of threes or took almost 50 but yeah. is that what I think you, you, you um I was just finished reading a great article that you wrote in 2016 that the Celtics shot too many threes, and they shot 42, and that was seven years ago. We only shot five more tonight, and they lost 121 to 114, and you blame the offense, but not the defense. So, like, what's your fascination with too much threes for the last seven years? It's been seven years. 2016. It's 2023. I just read it. It was a great article. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was like, are the Celtics settling for too many threes? You said that seven years ago. You were ahead of the curve. I don't think it was the third quarter, Gary. I thought it was the second quarter when we gave up the offensive rebounds in the transition. We had some sloppy play, and you go back and watch close games. They're never really lost in the fourth quarter. Sometimes they are. But you look at that run in the second quarter where we gave up like three or four straight offensive rebounds, and then we didn't get matched and gave up a three. I think it was lost there. Um, But, you know, perspective, I thought actually this was one of our better played games from an execution and a mindset standpoint.
0: All right, another episode of the Cause Street Podcast. I am Joseph Pavone, you Jewel Bavone is here. Sean Dutra. We got a special guest, Zach Peliquin of the Street.com.
3: What up, Zach?
4: We're
0: oh, right, almost at the block. We, we, we're way past the block, basically. Oh, wait. What's going on, Zach? Welcome back to College of Street. It's been a while. It has been
2: a while. How you boys doing? You taking care of yourself or what? Yeah.
0: Man, yeah. We good, we good. We got we Gucci. Listen. <laughs> <We got it. laughs> listen, Zach, we even to the Cause of Street Podcast for like the... The first time ever, right? We did our looking ahead. Everyone had the Celtics going 4-0. You know, they Celtics did this one better. They went 5-0. And then they dropped, uh, two L's, including one against the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers. The, the, the new, uh, king of the East Philadelphia 76ers. How the how the tables have turned on us so early, Zach. So we, of course, we need your take. We need your, uh, your, uh, what, what should we call this, guys? Your, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it's anything near, uh, Fan base, right? You're, you know, you never wear those green goggles.
3: You're always neutral, right? You're, you neutral take, I guess we'll say. So I think he's a, he's a, a I'd uh, say a biased commentator.
2: Okay, bias in more way?
3: Um, that you will look for <laughs> the real reason why the
0: Celtics are good. Okay, yeah, a little bit of that. We'll talk about your article that's on our website. James plug over here, on the Causeway Street Podcast. Uh, head over to CausewayStreet.com. dot com. To check out uh, his his take on this on the Celtics team, and of course, you we'll get into it right here. But also, I mean, we, we got obviously the Philadelphia team, the Philadelphia Sixers in the East, and, and and what the Celtics are looking like right now is on the top on the top of uh, things to discuss. But we got to talk about also what Joe Mazzula had to say after the game, right? This back and forth between him and my guy Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe, <laughs> man, I got I got plenty to say about that. But let's talk about the game first with Zach. Zach, your take on this, uh, this, this loss one hundred six, one hundred three. Celtics made a heck of a comeback, right? When you when you, when you look back on it, right, down double digits going into that two minute, uh, two minute mark in the fourth quarter, they had a chance to send them to overtime, right? You asked me the Philadelphia 76ers Philadelphia 76ers obviously made a made a handful of mistakes and they, they looked really scared. If you ask me, <laughs> it's like man, here we go again. Are we really about to go into overtime? And, and you know. Uh, uh, Porzingis' three-pointer and they didn't, they didn't fall there. But overall, what, just what's your take on this team and, and what you saw against the Philadelphia 76ers? Well,
2: yeah, I I think the, the the Philly game really isn't too far off of what we've seen a lot of the last several years with the Celtics, where it really doesn't matter what another opponent's lead is on them. I think they are capable of coming back with literally almost any number. I mean, you could be, they could be down 30. And I still think they have a shot going into a second half of any game because they are one of the best shooting, scoring, uh, you know, one of the best teams, I think, in the NBA in terms of being able to make runs. You know, how how often do we see them go on those 10, 15, 20 point runs where they're able to absolutely shut down other teams? Because they're one of the best defensive teams. They're one of the best offensive teams. So it doesn't really matter, you know, who they're up against. And, you know, in, in terms of Philly, I watched Kendrick Perkins. Uh, I want to say it was either last night or, or today, talking about how the oh they, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers are, are are the team to beat in the East, and and, and and apparently six games into the season they've become the the beasts of the East with this uh, this James Harden trade. But when it's all said and done, it's the same Seventy Sixers team that it's always been. It's the same team right. that it's always been, and, and you saw it. They just they have that choke gene. And, I, you know, Joel Embiid's a very nice player. He's an MVP, the defending MVP. Maxi, I think, is going to take a nice big step forward. But, man, did they just have that choke, gene. And I think Boston showed you that, you know, even in small spurts, they can come back and they can beat what you would think to be the elite of the East in a very short period of time. They play 48 minutes in that same vein. This isn't even a game.
0: Right. I mean, that's the last thing impression you get. I mean, yeah, Philly won the game, but it was like, man, barely.
2: So going could have easily
0: Right, exactly. Barely. You know, it's like something just delivered that reminder on the way out. Like, yeah, you got this one, but uh
3: we'll see you next week, you know? Who was Yeah, had it? exactly. It <laughs>
1: has
0: who that had feel it? to it.
3: It has that feel who, to it for sure. Who hit that three pointer and like three three minutes left in the game to go up at like fourteen?
4: Uh, it was 20. um shit, I know
3: fuck Who the fuck was it? Was it was it higher Harris? No. Oh, McDaniel's. I mean, no, I'm thinking. thinking of so the Minnesota game? game yeah. I'm thinking of Wild. wild <laughs> see? Well, let's
0: see. We can get into that a little bit, but yeah, let's, let's
3: <laughs> stick to this game. There was, a, there, was, there was a point. There was a point in the game where Harris hit. I think it was Harris. I think it was Harris hit a three-pointer. They go up fourteen with like three, like two minutes and foot seven seconds left. They went on like
4: they went on like uh, a little run. They went on like a like 10 they to went, some run. They, yeah. they were
3: run. They were on a run. They were yeah. on a run. They, yeah, they're already they're finishing up that big run really. yeah. And then, then literally Celtics said, you know what? Fuck this. We're gonna come back on this thing. And and I was like, yo, same old, same old sixer, same old sixer. <laughs> yeah, and
1: yeah. They, yeah. they, they, they like they ran are, off like the 10, old sixes. Yeah. The same old sixes.
4: Yeah, Celtics ran off like 10 points in like a minute or like less mm-hmm. than a minute. Something like that. Something
3: crazy. Yep. And I think to be honest the 76ers are the least of our worries. Like, right. and Embiid, Embiid is not a problem in the fourth. In Embiid in the fourth, he can put 30 up in three quarters, and then you know what he's going to do in the fourth? He's going to get tired, like he does every time, and the Celtics are going to be fine.
0: I just love the defense, man. Like, and I know people will be like, oh, well, where was that all game long? But, man, that <laughs> those last two minutes, what Drew Holiday means to this team now well, uh, even Jalen Brown, you can say, right? When when his 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 offense was 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 frustrating, and, and then he he comes up with the, the, the with the with the big stops. I mean, all that stuff is so contagious. If you ask me, it doesn't matter which starting five is out there. I mean, obviously Al Horford, you you can put him in and out of that lineup, and, and you get the same result against the Philadelphia 76ers team. But man, like when they're yeah. on a roll like that, I just feel like it doesn't matter who they're playing. Like any team. Is, is vulnerable for that. You know what I mean? Is, 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 is any team the Celtics, you know, Celtics roster goes up against is so complete one through five that they're able to do that. And, and you saw that against the Philadelphia seven Sixers Citrus team in their house. And it's this early in the season, like obviously I'm not saying this guy's falling right now and that the Philadelphia Seven Sixers could could be a team that's good that that flat out beats the Celtics in the best of the seven series. But you just see the differences between where the where the Celtics are right now where Philly is, you know, and and it's just like, man, I I still love the Celtics' overall approach, and and you know three weeks, four weeks into the season, they're not going to be all you think or you hope. You're not going to be making those same kind of mistakes that we saw in that Philly game. In the Minnesota game, and what we saw a lot of the time last year, especially in that overtime period against the, against the Timberwolves, where it was just like, okay, we gotta start checking off these shots, we gotta start hitting home runs right away. And and you look at what the op- you look at what what Minnesota did, and it was the complete opposite, and they just they that's why they won that game, right? They they fed off of those mistakes.
3: What I loved about the Sixers game, Porzingis had the ball in the last shot. You know what that was last year? Marcus Smart would have had that same shot, right? <laughs> so, same result, missed it, right? But if you're going to say Porzingis has a shot versus Marcus Smart has a shot and to win the game, against, uh, put it in overtime, whatever it was, I'll take that all day long, all well, day long.
4: Well, the thing that the Southers did in that the last two minutes of, against Philly versus the last two minutes of regulation against Minnesota and was – was playing, was, yeah, we're they were playing with Porzingis, right? They weren't really doing that against the, the Timberwolves in the end of regulation or even into overtime. You kind of just had like Porzingis just kind of running around there, like, all right, going back and forth, but they were, they, they were getting the ball to him more against Philly. And yeah, he missed a, he missed a, you know, the potential game tying three, but I don't know, you live with that. First of all, you don't get into the hole, you don't, Uh, you know, get down by that by that much, but yeah, Zach, you made you made a good point.
3: You know what I pissed? You know what I pissed about in the in the Philly game? The only thing I pissed about in the Philly game was we have Al Horford, who is a great Embiid stopper, or Embiid not stopper, but Embiid slower down there, right? In the playoffs, Embiid's in that fourth quarter, and Drew Holiday did a great job. But Drew Holiday ain't going to be guarding that motherfucker in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. Like, that's not going to be happening. Holford's on. It. You know what I mean? Like, that. that is what you saw you saw Missoula make that adjustment
0: often throughout the ninth hole. And I, I right? think did a good job with that. No, thought yeah. you know,
3: I, I, The biggest thing that I, I thought was. Especially
0: uh, in that spin right before he brought Porzingis in for good in the fourth. Like, that was a great call to put Al back in. I think it was like around the nine minute mark. And, and he, that, that slowed Silly down a bit.
3: Well, I think Al Horford in the fourth. I mean, uh, Embiid in the fourth is definitely forty percent of the player he is normally. But Drew, there was a play. There was a play that Al Horford and um, Embiid had the ball in the corner, and Drew was guarding him, and he did a great job guarding him. Air ball turned into a, um, a twenty-four second violation, and I was like, "That's great." And for the record. Al Orford needs to play Embiid, and Drew Holiday can play Embiid a little bit better than Marcus Smart can. And that's a lot. That's saying a lot for me. Like, no, that's that's to... saying a lot. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Why do we have to keep talking about
0: Marcus as if like, he was just training yesterday? <laughs> what? How, what? Many times gonna, how many times are we going to have to drop the uh, Marcus Smart's not walking through that door anymore?
1: Yeah, why don't, why don't
0: you... I don't know. I don't know. How dare you! <laughs> yeah, right. How, how dare I completely uh not want to talk about Marcus Sorry anymore because I don't know, he's not on the damn team. All right. <laughs> I like, <laughs> okay, I like sorry, your kind of it, all right? I like your late, you know, late game execution with the something's identity used to look like. And yeah, we got we used to have flashes of that. Absolutely. if if, if Tatum and, and, and Brown didn't didn't want to rise to the occasion, Marcus wasn't afraid, but I just feel like, man, this team it's so like, I, I'm, I'm past what they, what they looked like last year. And yeah, even though we, keep, had,
3: me too, me even too. though we got, we got a glimpse of that
0: in, in the late game execution, I, I just don't think this is the type of team where you, where you say, man, like, uh, they got to make sure that they, they, they make the right decisions down the stretch or the, or the guards have to like, like, stop comparing what they do to what Marcus Martin did last year. Hey,
3: I started, so, I started this conversation with saying I was thankful for Porzini's taking that shot. At <laughs> All right. that was good. We had to hear. It. We have to hear Marcus
0: morning After that, we
4: kept doing it. All right. So, is is anybody concerned when Tatum and Brown are not going offensively, on, 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 even though this roster is quote deep, so to speak? But
3: can I can I tell you, can I tell you one thing that I think about um, that exact point it, when Tatum and Brown didn't have it last year. Tatum or Brown forced to have it. There was very few games where there was a uh, both Tatum and Brown didn't have it. Right? See, I feel like that's what happened against
0: Minnesota, especially yes. overtime. Yep. You know, like, time. Yeah, they got to have it. Like, this is it. You know. But no, I mean, Joel, to answer your question, I, I, I thought the did a good job of adjusting to what the defense was giving them, and, and that that made other guys step up. Right? Whether it was. Uh, whether it was Derek White or whether it was uh, Drew Holiday, like like that's those are the options that obviously this team didn't have last year. But you also look at their yeah Derek White, but I mean like you also look at their approach where again it was like if Tatum and Brown didn't have it, there were there was instances, especially in the fourth quarter, where it was like oh no we got to get Tatum his touches or we got to get you know his looks. This team, especially in transition, like they're so equipped to to just feed off of the one the defensive stop right, which they finally got a few of those when it mattered most in that fourth quarter, and and it's a layup almost every single time. Like that, that's how quick they are in the sense of you know reading reading the defense, reading the uh opposing team's offense and just finishing on the other end. And then you also have you know the, the the string of stops that I feel like the Celtics team just you didn't have that same type of approach to the defense that we saw last year, right? Or two years ago, I should say, with Ime. And it's like that and beyond because of what they're able to do with their flexibility and guys like Porzingis and and Drew Holiday. But you look at the, the, the comeback made against Philly, man, it's just like, that's a win in a couple of months, right? Like, like you, uh, at least from what I've seen, right, you, you, you're you involved to to a certain extent in the next month or so where it's just like, man, there's that's a good chance that, that that doesn't happen again, what we saw in Philly.
4: All right, so you're saying that this team is capable because, you know, on back-to-back nights, they shot under 40%. They're still able to win these games. So in a couple of months from now, you think these those are wins against Minnesota and and the 76ers.
0: The Minnesota one is different, man. Like, that's the, that, they played the Celtics defensively. That was the best, I have think, this season. And you, you look at, you know, size and athleticism. Like, that's why I think these, these next two uh, matchups coming up, I won't mention the teams. So we'll look at the Sean segment soon. But uh-huh. you look at the next upcoming matchup and, and this is the same sort of problems, right? You know, that, that size and athleticism. And, you know, after Al, I mean, after Porzingis and you have Al, uh, how how the Celtics address that in the front court all season long will be interesting for sure. You know, rest the bench and combination of of Cornette, who did have a he did have a good performance in Brooklyn. I give that to Cornette. I know a lot of uh, Celtics fans have been saying like, oh, you know, you can bury him in the bench now, but. You know, he's he's in the mix. I mean, he has to be. You look at the bench, how thin this bench is right now and, and and the front court and guys like Porzingis and player let's face it, neither one of these guys are going to play anywhere near, you know, 80 games this season. So that that's something that you have to keep an eye on, I'm sure. Hm. okay.
2: I mean, my, my two cents on the whole entire Brown-Tatum question of whether or not you have to have those guys going, you, of course you do. But Jason Tatum is an MVP candidate. He's one of the top three to five players in the NBA. If he's not going, you're going to lose games. That's the way it's going to work. And if, and especially if you're number two, quote unquote, Jalen Brown is not going to show up at the same games. You're going to lose effing games. Like, let, let's be, let's be real with ourselves. I don't care how good Porzingis is and how good, you know, uh, Drew Holiday and the rest of the roster is. Those are the top two guys by far. No questions asked. And the fact that, you know, neither one of them bothered to show up in that game listen it's game number six or game seven or whatever it is i'm not gonna you know jump off the roof right now but when playoff time rolls around or when you know big games roll around at some point in the near future like within within the next couple of months they gotta show up point blank you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lay it at the feet of Porzingis and Drew Holiday and Derek White and Al Horford to have to pick up the slack. Those two are the superstars. You're about to have the highest paid player in the history of the NBA on your roster, and Jalen Brown within the next 12 months. Show up, show up. Prove to oh, us. No, that you're I back. mean like
0: my whole thing is the way they they approach that fourth quarter though. Like when they were in panic mode, like, like they're always drawn Like you look at last year's team. Like when that team was in panic mode, 12, 14 point deficit, five minutes to go. It was like Jalen, Jalen. I mean, excuse me, Jalen, uh, Jason, come save us, you know? But that's not the case with this team. But, yeah, of course, like down the stretch, the last couple of minutes, yeah, Tatum's got to get going, which he did, you know, uh, in that he overtime.
2: 16 points? What's up? I think he finished with 16 points last night, didn't he? Yeah, 16 and 15 rebounds. Yeah. Right.
0: But then that that's
2: That's what I'm right. saying. I mean, he's an MVP candidate. He can have one of those nights every once and again, but – that can't become
0: something that happens. Yeah, right that often. can't be. That can't be the norm. But my no, my my whole point is that like I, I just don't think this comeback ever happens last year without because any time that did happen because I'll give the this credit. Obviously, they didn't have those games where they did make those comebacks, but it was with Tatum and Brown going off in the fourth. You know, what I mean, always had to be one of those guys carrying it. Whereas this team, okay. yeah. the way they were able to get back into this so so fast w- without you know either one of those guys really taking over was w- was huge, but. Again, I, I don't know if that happens two months from now against this Philly team or any other team. You know, I, I'd be shocked because I, I think chances are one of those guys is going to close it out and, and something's yeah. going to come
3: yeah with W. Yeah, for, me, for me, I think that the Celtics got a Jalen Brown problem right now. Like, <laughs> well, he's, he, not, he's
0: not looking too high right
3: now. He has not played at all like we've. Like I, I'm not, I'm not putting him on the whatever thirty million a year, thirty five million a year, forty million a year thing he's on right now. I'm just talking about playing as you were. The funny thing is, that it's like played. way
0: higher than both of those figures. But uh.
3: yeah, like, <laughs> 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 it is. I'm saying to play as you were last year at this point. Jalen Brown as is is off, and Jalen Brown, I think finding his way into this newly revamped offense will be the biggest question about the Celtics going forward. That's a fair point, Zach. What do you think? I think that's a really good point. I was
2: actually going to pose the question too, Sean, that, I mean, because if you think about it, you go back to the, the, the build of the big three back in 07 08, you had Paul who was already here. You bring in Ray, you bring in Kevin, and who was the guy who was going to sacrifice to be able to make sure that there was enough basketball for the rest of the group. And I've thought since this addition of Porzingis and the addition of of Drew Holiday now, somebody, if not a couple of those guys, were going to have to give up shots to be able to make it all work. And is Brown maybe that guy that's going to have to give up those shots? And if he's giving up those shots, and if he's not the offensive guy he was a year ago, where does he regain that value? You know, is, is, does he become more of the defender we saw a couple of years ago where he was a borderline, you know, all-defensive candidate? Or, you know, where does he make up for it to really regain that value? You well, know? well if
0: that was th- my prediction. Sorry, Joe, real quick. See, that was that was my prediction. My prediction was that he he can. He could finally like kind of fulfill that that role. Which not to say that he's like an awful defender, but like that was sort of like the the makeup or at least the the how he was projected to be. Sort of more of a two way guy who gave yeah. a lot of offense on the other end, but could lock down one of your better defenders or one of your better scorers on the on the opposing end. However, I just feel like organically that's gonna happen, but I don't think it has to be like established in a way where it's like, okay, you know, make sure that he gets his touches here and there, or, sure. or if he's not getting it at a certain point in the game. Oh, you gotta make sure Jalen gets his gets his setup. No, that's gotta happen organically in the game, and that's a lot of the times I feel like again, it's gonna happen naturally if he's focused on that end of the floor defensively. Because let's face it, once he gets a turnover, once he's in the open space, he's off to the races. Very few people can keep up with that. And 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 that's a that's a, a an asset for the Celtics team, obviously, because you know, having that athleticism and, and what he's able to do in the open floor, but at the same time, you know, you don't want it to turn to a to a point where if he's not going offensively, he gets to that point where and I saw this a a, a few times last night, or maybe I should say a handful of times last night, where it's just like, okay. I gotta make myself get going because otherwise I'm not gonna get the ball again, you know. he starts doing that dribble, dribble, dribble thing. He starts trying to cross up three people at the same time. That shit drives me crazy. And like that's when I saw flashes of that against Philly, and I'm just like, okay, if if that's your way of saying, okay, I gotta get my offense going, and this is the the only way I know how, then that's gonna be an issue for this team because that's not what they're doing right
4: now. Yeah. You know. Well, what I was gonna say was if if the motto of this season is. You know, we're going to sacrifice, you know, our total points or whatever or whatever the stat line of, uh, of what, you know, every player usually does for Attempts the betterment or whatever. Yeah. yeah. For the betterment of the team, then, you know, that shouldn't be an issue. But, you know, he did have a good point uh the first week of the season that like every game is going to be different. One night it might be Jalen. One night it might be Porzingis. Let's be honest. Or maybe it's just me. I mean, Porzingis is better than than I fucking thought he he was gonna be in this in the system. So then, like, <laughs> so like Porzingis, yeah, but
0: yeah, but Joel, but tell me he's not, and, and, and I'm not gonna before Celtics diehards start screaming at their damn podcast or whatever they're listening to right now. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying he's on the same level as, as, as KG, but at this off, if you look at the offense and the way it's, the way they run it with him at the top of the key, whether it's shooting, whether it's passing. You know, give it go, like it's very KG like, and and you wonder how much of that's going to interfere with 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 how many touches uh, Jalen Brown gets if he's doing the two man game with with Jalen, you know? I no, mean, but
4: with, uh, it's a KG, yeah, it's KG like, but it's also Horford like because like when he first came to the Celtics, yes. there was a lot of that as well. So he's a little, is obviously, I don't want to use the fucking word unicorn, but on the offensive end and in the defensive end, right? But. You'll see, I've seen flashes of, of Jalen and, and Tatum trusting him or trusting, uh, Drew Holiday. And so, like, if you see, you're going to see that there's some nights where, yeah, Tatum might not have it offensively. You know, he's not putting up the points, but like, he'll have like, you know, at least, at least, um, that's where it looks like it's going for some nights. He'll have like 10, 11 assists. Jalen, the same thing. And, and so it has to be that way because, like, quite frankly, like off the bench right now. It's like, like, how is your guy right now? It's like, okay, all right. So you kind of have to, uh, you know, get get it, get it going with that starting lineup, but top six players or whatever the case may be. And if guys are out because of load management, this, that, and the other, there's got to be a, a, an equal amount of touches, but it's going to be different from game to game. It's, I don't know, I guess it's just, just going to be different. The top three, like, scores every night is going to be, like, different. I, I look at it like that. I mean
0: that was the case throughout those first five games. Yeah. It was a different league score, you know. So I mean, yeah, I mean that's the like that's the product of, of a high power offense, right? Like it's any anybody on you know, any given night it could be could be your league score. So I don't know, we'll see we'll see what this other team does. But you know, after the game, to see uh Joe Mazzula up there, right? And and he's asked about Settling. Celtics team settling for threes, settling for shots, settling for, you know, three-point shots well before they even got down to, by double digits. By the time they got down to double digits, that's when they sort of, like, changed things up. But that's essentially what got them into that hole. And not only does Missoula cite an old article, and I don't know if he's just reading Gary Washburn's, like, archives, or does he just <laughs> look up, like, old articles that that related to the Celtics and the three-point like I like if I'm Gary that would be my question to him I would have been like like what's your Google search or is this just like me that you're looking up but either way he 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 brings up the fact that he brought up that 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 Gary wrote an article seven years ago that highlighted the fact that the Celtics shot uh, was it 42 three-pointers which is only five you know fewer threes than what we saw against the Philadelphia 76ers you know sarcastically the way i see it right saying like oh you were ahead of the curve or maybe even if that wasn't sarcasm right oh it looks like you were ahead of the curve there like just the overall like vibe out of it i'm mean, like what do what you guys think about it like, to see him up there to, to cite his old article and then talk about how uh the, the, the three-point shot has evolved over the years or at least in my opinion that's the way i took it right and, and, and that nothing you know what i mean like i almost took it as like man like you're still stuck with this with this take, and, and as he said, like, what's your obsession with three point shot in the last seven years? It's like, is he petty? Is this him being defensive? Or what do you guys think about
3: this? I think somebody needs to ask him about the glasses. First
1: off,
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's, glasses. He's got an eye thing. He's sensitive to light right now. <laughs> I mean, the fans want to know fear in uh,
0: the Las
2: Vegas. Is is that, the, is that the look? <laughs> I, guess that is a little bit.
4: I think I think personally glasses aside, right? I think uh I think in you know, Sway you're in there, you know, more than any of us, right, when it comes to uh the reporters and and being in the in and scrums and press conferences or whatever, but I think that Joe knows that he can get Gary, he can catch Gary off guard a little bit and kind of mess with him. And sometimes Gary plays along another time. Gary's like, that was weird. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I feel, I felt like he knows. I think he's been around long enough to know, like, all right, I can mess with this dude today. And to make it a, a bigger point, that just like, like, I I don't, I don't care, so to speak, with what you guys have to say or what you guys have to report about or what you guys ask me. Like, if I feel like answering it, I'll answer it. But if I feel like having fun with it, I'm going to have fun with it.
3: Yeah, he's got those bell check vibes.
4: Yeah. Sort of, sort of, it's but like exactly not because, right. you know, because Belichick is more like, you know, you ask like this long winded question, he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm on to, you know, Cincinnati. And so it's just like, all right, fuck you, guy. So, you know, with, with, with Joe, it's not, it's not like these short ass answers. It's more, it's more so like, I already come in into the, into the press conference, like, all right, you guys are going to talk about timeouts and you guys are going to talk about three point shooting. That's probably the most two things you're going to talk about, especially in a loss, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna keep you guys on your toes, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe frustrate you a little bit, and maybe you don't ask those questions, or then like then you know the next person that's gonna ask is like shit, I gotta think of another question because he's gonna do that shit to me, or he's gonna quote roast me or some shit, some shit's gonna go viral. I'm not gonna ask that question, then. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm gonna pass the mic to somebody else. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know,
2: Zach. I, I mean, th- there's really two things for me that I look at there. I mean, one is. I don't love that he does this, and he's done this a handful of times now, where <laughs> yeah. he where, where, where he does this kind of dismissive kind of I don't know, like like he he tries to
4: push. Like honestly, I don't think he went he, to an he, article. <laughs> to no, article, but he, I mean, he, he tries
2: to he tries to push the media in ways like 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 Sean said, kind of this Belichicking kind of you know play the game with them and kind of you know kick them in the ass type deal, which is like, listen. If he was a ten-year head coach who had been to the finals, you know, a half dozen times, and you know, had a had a had a ring, like it's like, all right, fine, you can play that game, but he's not that guy. He's a second-year head coach who's thirty-five years old who has done nothing. Like there's re- there's really nothing to his resume that's worth anything. So it's like, take it easy. But at the same time, Missoula is also he he's also the son of a coach who is a he's a he's a great steward of the game and i want to give him credit here that i think i think what he is doing when he does this is taking whatever those questions are and making sure that whatever the focus is becomes him and he's trying to take it away from the players that's what i want to give him credit for. i don't don't know if that's necessarily what he is doing yeah but I want to give him that credit and say that that's what he's trying to do is saying it's not the players, it's you, you know, using almost that Belichick mind game of like you're thinking that this is happening and it's between me and you and try to keep it away from the players as much as he can, which if that's what he's doing, fair enough. I'm not going to get too upset about that because, I mean, that, that that's that's a sign of a good coach is he's keeping it away from the players. He's keeping it between the coach and the media and you know hopefully that is what he's doing but if he's just doing it for the sake of being a little bitch about it i that would not be great <laughs>
4: well i mean yeah i mean that's always been like kind of the knock on him since he's been here. It's like yo like what does he get off fucking answering questions the way he answers questions sometimes yeah but you're right i don't i never thought of it that way in terms of like you know it, that he's kind of keeping it off the players. And it's just like, nah, you know, I, I did what I did. And, you know, let's move on. And yeah, you guys make fun of me for not calling timeouts. And, you know, I want them to shoot even more threes. I don't give a shit. Like, that's how, yeah. that's how we're going to fucking play. And I don't give it. I don't care what you, what you got to say about it. But then at the same, at the same token, I feel like when there's losses like this and the Minnesota game, he's always like, yeah, we lost. But we did this good and we did this and you know, it's just like, there's no such thing as a good loss though. Like a loss is a loss regardless, yeah. right? So I think he's always like, not always, but sometimes he's like, look at the bright side. There's a, there's a silver lining. And yeah. I don't know. You, with a, with a roster like this, you can't, you can't get away with, with that for, well, like, for as long as he's has, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. And, and,
2: and in that, I, um, Yeah, I was thinking about that today when, when, you know, we had talked the other day about, um, you know, about the team. And, I mean, one of the big things that I think we kind of forget with with Coach Missoula is that he took over a team weeks, if not maybe a month or two ahead of the beginning of last season. Mm -hmm. He didn't get to implement really any of his philosophies or anything. It was all, you know, it was all Coach Yudoka. It was all of his stuff. He took that. He had to kind of run with it and implement anything that he wanted to on the on the on the fly if you will. This is his first real year where he had a full offseason. he was a part of, you know, the, the building of the roster, he was part of all the off season activities as a head coach and this is really his start this season. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about that I mean, after the article, you know, I wrote earlier this week, you know, that this is a huge this is really the beginning of him as a head coach and you know, We're finally starting to see him in a light, in my opinion anyway, that he doesn't have the excuses he had a year ago. Now he's getting judged a little bit differently. I think it's going to be a little bit different of approach, both from the media, from him, from the players. And I think it is going to be a very interesting year as we kind of go along because he was handed a team a year ago that it was just coming out of the NBA Finals. Yeah. He was expected to have this team as one of the top two or three teams in the Eastern Conference, if not right back in the finals again this year. Not a lot of brand-new head coaches who are in their mid-30s, first-time head coaches in the NBA, have ever had that situation handed off to him. And when they have, I mean, that's a huge asking. you know. So it's a very unique position, and how he reacts to it I think is – Is almost unprecedented. I mean, at least it's unprecedented by Celtic standards, where you know most of their coaches have had some level of experience prior to um, being given a team, especially a team this good.
4: No, no, definitely because I mean, he's able to bring in the assistant coaches that I'm. I'm pretty sure he had a lot to do with right with uh, you know Sam Cassell, you know Charles Lee. But six games, seven games into the into the season, and it's just like he's got that this like attitude, like yeah, like yeah, I, I just it is what it is, and I'm going to keep doing that. And if I don't, if I want to like hold on to my timeouts and, you know, I want to roll them over to the next game, even though they don't, that doesn't really happen, you know, like the the thing with the media is going to, that's going to go on for the rest of the season and prior to the rest of the time he's here, whether, whether yeah. they win or not.
2: Yeah, I think that's just his, his personality and the situation that he's going to have with the media going forward. It's, he's almost at the point where he could potentially make it an adversarial relationship with, with the media, which, like I said, I mean, it, it could be a good thing in a sense that he could be using it to kind of defend the players a little bit, but it could also be a, a huge backfire because when this team really does struggle, truly goes into the tank and has a bad 10-15 game span, I mean, the first people to help you out the door are going to be the media. So I, I hope he understands that. I mean, look at Bill Belichick right now. <laughs> you know, you're know, You're a two and seven football team and everyone's trying to help you into retirement and I, they'll do the same thing to him. I, hope he, I, I just hope he realizes that, that you don't, you don't necessarily want to make enemies with the media. You know, that's not the best way to do it. But I mean, we, you mentioned the timeouts and which was a part of not to pat my, myself on the shoulder again, but the, uh, the whole entire art, the article and, um, I mean, the feeling that I have is that, you know, and, and this is coming from experiences that, you know, Coach Missoula is a very instinctual basketball guy. <clears throat> this has been my, my you know, kind of my, my, my recognition of him early this season is that when I played against him in high school, this guy was all about his instincts, his instincts as a basketball player. He was very Marcus Smart-esque, if you will, in the way that he approached the game. My thing is, is I don't, I don't think he realizes that not everyone sees the game that he does. And I think that that is maybe one of the biggest concerns I have with him as the head coach with the Celtics right now is that he is very much, I think, assuming in a lot of cases that this team is seeing the floor and seeing the game that way that he does. And my fear is that a lot of great coaches have fallen to that trap. You know, a lot of guys that I played under when I was a kid, you know, whether it was high school, college, or whatever – They assume that you saw the game the same way that they did. And in doing that, they didn't make the moves to be able to, you know, call a timeout and say, hey, listen, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what we should be working towards and being able to reset the mindset on the floor. And that's what bothers me about this whole timeout thing is that, you know, Joe, you're a year plus into this thing. You had a long playoff run a year ago you should recognize right now that these guys are not very good at the spontaneous end-of-game situations. Yeah. <laughs> they suck at it pretty fucking horribly. <laughs> like, call the timeout, reset the mind. And, yeah. and it feels like, it, and we saw it last playoff run. I, I forget which series it was, but he did it for a couple of games or two, or two out of three games or whatever. He called those late timeouts, and when he would do that, it seemed like they would come out with a positive result. Yeah.
1: So it's
2: like... What, you know, what do you think you're winning at by doing what you're doing? You know, because obviously these guys are not seeing the game the way that you think they are. And, you know, my critique is I don't think Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown have proven that they have great late game instincts. So, so, no. um, glasses
3: or no glasses? I don't get
1: it. You know <laughs> That's a <junkie. laughs> No, but like,
4: no, but you know, to add to that point, right? The other night against Minnesota. That's the first thing, one of the first things that Jalen Brown was asked. He put up the three, didn't really need the three, but he put up the three at the end of regulation, missed it, and his whole thing was like, I wasn't sure if we had a timeout or not. (laughs) It's like, if you're going to be doing that in fucking, you know, February, March, that's going to be an (laughs) issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, these are things you have to fix by then, for sure. I mean, you look at the late game execution, and and the whole you know the whole timeout thing and that was always I feel like a a talking point last season but then going into this year you're like okay you got Charles Lee on your bench you got Sam Cassell like these guys they're not quiet right they're not pushovers by any means, and they also have a whole lot more experience on that bench than than Joe Mazzula, although neither one of them has been a head coach you know like that's the difference that's a you know that's the advantage for Joe. If you ask me, to have those guys that you could lean on, and yeah, it's early in the season. They have to figure these things out, but it'll be interesting to see how that evolves, right? How this relationship evolves, and how things go in week four, or five, and or six. You know what I mean, like or even beyond that, because there's no way. If you ask me, you see a pattern in in, in his approach in, in in those situations, especially when you have those two. Veteran assistants that can always step in and are going to step in when they feel like it's necessary, you know.
2: Yeah, and, and that's got to be part of it. Is that he does get that help from those assistant coaches, but in the moment, I mean, you've got a, you're inside the final minute of a game, you have a a rebound or a steal or whatever situation that gets you the ball back in possession. It's like Joe, how many times do you have to have this happen before you realize just call the effing timeout, <laughs> set up a play, and make it happen? Because listen. Like I said, I feel like last year. I, I again, I, I'm blanking on the games that it actually happened, but in the playoffs, they did that a handful of times. It might have been uh, during the
4: Philly play- series. The Philly series, it it like. the series yeah. when they lost. Yeah,
0: those
2: games. Yeah, and they did it, and it worked because Joe's. I think Joe's a good coach. I think there's a lot there. I mean, I think he's going to have a very bright future in, in the NBA. But he's got to start looking at this and and not just assuming that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the players on the court, are seeing the game that way he is. And I'd hate to tell him, but I don't care how much you practice a late game, last minute, last second situation in a practice facility. It's not the same as when you're in the middle of a regular season game that is determining seeding or whatever it may be, or worse off in a playoff series it's an entirely different environment. It on these the guys, road. Oh, no, but Zach, Zach,
0: during time. training camp, they, they pumped in crowd noise. Oh. At oh, the oh, Auerbach yeah. Center. Yeah. Well, the
4: that, same way, the same way they did it in the effect. bubble, right? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So they went through the same, it's the same thing, bro. It's the same. <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. same, same experience, crazy, uh, defense.
4: Uh, the same defense.
2: Thing. <laughs> but I, I mean, because the thing, the reality of the situation is like, And and again, I didn't play that high a level of basketball, but you've always practiced the late game situations. Okay, you got 10 seconds left, this happens, you know, and you go, you know, what's our immediate, you know, quick to play or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's all well and good. But if you get the ball in your possession, these guys are, so, especially this team right now, this is the best starting five they've had. I mean... I, I, I dare dare I say by the end of the year or by you know at some point in time, we might be talking about this being the most talented, most gifted starting five that the Celtics have ever had. And I'm not I, I'm not trying to blow smoke. These guys are fantastic. This is a this is one of the most talented, gifted teams I've ever seen them put together. The bench obviously's got a little bit of work to go, but in terms of a starting five, they're fantastic. Their ability to execute is fantastic. So if you can execute and you can put a play in, in place. Why not call a fucking timeout and execute a play? Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> Am I crazy here or what? Like, I don't one, know. One plus one is two, right? That's <laughs> <it> is. <laughs> I don't know.
4: I
3: don't All know. right, let's see
0: what's on the docket. Let's see who's going to play next. Let's see if Sean is still with us. because we gotta. He's asleep. Oh, there he is. We got to...
1: What, what you mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's about that time. We got to look at
3: it. Here we go. All right. Well, tonight we got a big game. Big game. Big game. First in-season tournament game. Yes. For the Celtics. And uh, first off, we need to work on that name of the tournament. <laughs> call it something cool like i don't know sway what do you want to call a tournament zach what do you got
2: we can call it the uh adam silver cup
3: i like the silver cup the silver cup there we go <laughs> there we go all right so the silver cup it's uh happening to tonight actually in boston they're gonna have the court and all the people that uh, they
4: got the jerseys, you know? right?
3: The city, the city edition jerseys. I think they're gonna have the city jerseys and the court. So all, everybody that doesn't like change is gonna fucking spaz. Bro. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna spaz. lose their shit. Yeah, you're right. They already, they already are losing their shit about this thing. Yeah, but I actually think it's really cool, and um, I'm down. I'm, I'm all in on the. In uh,
4: silver cup, yeah. Adam silver cup, yeah.
3: I'm all in
4: crazy. All right, so
2: I, I am completely unprepared when it comes to this whole entire tournament thing. But essentially, all they get or they win is just like, yay, you won the tournament. you get a little bit of money. That's it, you get right? a little bit of money, yeah. Pretty That's much, about it.
4: pretty much, pretty much. We, we, I mean, we've talked about it like before, I, and I feel like personally, this. This is for like the teams that are not going to get on national TV. Like, it's just, just having more eyes on the products, essentially. Like, the Orlando Magics and the, uh, Charlotte Hornets hey, of the I'll, world.
3: I'll, I'll put it, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. If the Magic make it to Vegas, bro, that ain't bad. I'd rather them than us. Yeah.
4: Plus, plus the you know the the, the role players get a nice like, little chunk of ch- chunk of change you know <laughs> that's probably they're probably gonna make more if they win this thing than they would like on, on their you know half a million contracts <laughs> or like a two-way yeah. play or whatever <laughs> John,
0: imagine, you know, if, you got, imagine if you got a uh, freaking half your salary you know bonus <laughs> or, or or even double your your yearly salary you know
3: yeah well I'll put it this way the pistons should win this thing all right Detroit Pistons <laughs> We almost win the
4: entire now? episode without the Pistons but go ahead
3: <laughs> Did you see what happened this week with I this? know I I, so wait, you know I saw okay
4: <laughs> but this wait. is the end season tournament so it doesn't matter this is the, this is for the Silver Cup don't worry about it the
3: Pistons have lost in every way shape or form that you could lose a basketball game but they really lost that game lost. I know they did I that, and I wasn't surprised okay You don't. You don't even know about the Thunder game where where they were up by thirteen, going four minutes after in the game, they're up by thirteen. They lose by twelve. That is impossible. (laughs) Who (laughs) the second game?
4: Who they got next? Who they got next after that? We got the
3: Nets. All right, we got the Nets on Friday night, which tonight, which will be a good game, in season tournament game. And then you also got the Raptors, who haven't been awful. They haven't been awful.
4: Back to back, huh? Home games. That's weird.
3: Yeah, yeah, that is that is weird.
4: Saturday night at the Garden, hmm, interesting. I
3: mean, you don't get too many of them. Really, don't. You want to go?
4: Uh, we'll talk about Althea. <laughs> All
3: right, we'll figure that. Out. Um, yeah. Raptors at the Garden—that's a good game to go to, anyways. Um, and then uh, Monday night Knicks, going back uh, a three-game homestand here, which is nice.
4: Finally, I feel like they haven't played at home since like the Miami. Yeah, game.
3: <laughs> yeah the Patriots play at home every week and the and Celtics have not. So I don't know. After the Knicks, we got the 76ers and Philly again. That will be a game that we figure out what the fuck we're doing, you know? <laughs> as a team, as a squad, going back to Philly. That is what we're looking for. So, um, I feel like there's a lot of, there's easy teams to be here. And then it turns into what kind of team are we? What are we going to be? You know, Knicks, then Sixers. So I'm struggling with it, but I say four and oh. up.
4: It's <laughs> shocker. I think three and one. What do you mean? Three and one. They lose to the Knicks to the Knicks. Are mad after opening night, Zach? What you think? It sounds about right.
2: I mean, it depends on who they play because that. My, my biggest concern with this whole entire tournament is going to be, you know, who's getting what minutes and how many, you know, how many games are they adding to these guys' legs?
3: I mean, I mean, Yo, Zach, I legitimately told you who they play. That's the whole point of the segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, who, who the Celtics are playing in terms of the players on the court? Yes, yes. yes.
4: <laughs> he's like, I just told you who they're
3: playing. I just went the ball. You want me to go to more games? Like <laughs> come, on. come on. No, it's fine. On.
4: It's fine. It's fine. No, he's talking about, he's talking about minutes, bro. He's talking about minutes. Talking
1: <laughs> about playing. I went through
3: the schedule, and Zach goes, "Well, you know what? It really depends who they play. <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, shit.
0: i like the chances of winning it though let's see man let's see what happens i mean look when you got the uh when you got someone like jalen brown who's involved in the you know player association as much as he is and he says like he wouldn't use the word excited about <laughs> it i mean it's like what then what is this about because yeah. at the end of the day it still goes towards your regular season record. Yeah. So it you should be excited about every game, no? Like, or am I like, or am I getting too like, not to getting too like, you know, philosophical, or whatever? Like, what, about what's most important in life? But I don't know. I just thought the whole quote was weird to hear yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, man, like every game is important. Like, if it was a friendly, or if it's a you know, regular season, I mean, a, a preseason game, I guess you can get away with that comment. But I just thought it was kind of weird. It was almost as if like he's trying to say like, I'm not like gonna be heartbroken if we don't win this thing and this is my way of saying that but it's just like you should be excited about this though like, you should be excited yeah. about every yeah it goes any towards game, any goes... game that's gonna count towards your record should yeah. be quote-unquote exciting yeah yeah
4: no because it's funny because it's like the nba technically this has been like in the works for like three years i remember when the nba was on hiatus well every everything was on hiatus back in 2020 and this was brought up and everyone i remember people were just like well whatever whatever makes the fucking nba come back or sports come back yeah go go for it but then i'm so I was like no i'm serious like <laughs> i want to put this in, in in motion and here it is and then there's a lot of players that just like i forget one player i forget who the fuck it was i it's uh i want to say somebody from okc but i'm blanking on it was just like i don't understand what's going on when it comes to this <laughs> in-season tournament i don't know how it works I'm just going out and playing whatever team they tell me to play against and that's it. So I don't know if even players even know what's going no, on. It here. doesn't make
2: it doesn't make any sense. It's the same it it's Adam Silver and the NBA league offices trying to do this whole entire European style, you know, in season cup bullshit that they do in in, <laughs> in soccer. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. essentially what it is. And yeah. and they do and they do these cups over in, in Europe anyway, but yeah it's just stupid as hell because it's like all you're doing is so if i get it straight they're basically taking regular season games and turning that into a a subset into your record to play into whatever these playoffs or whatever the tournament is going to be after that which makes no sense to me so it's like i don't know yeah
4: yeah the the mls does the same thing with like the, the mexican teams and the canadian teams too yeah it's the same same shit I don't know.
2: I, I, I think if it adds any additional games or any additional strain to the teams, it's completely idiotic because, especially for a team like Boston, where what is the number one thing that's going to be our issue? Being able to get a shot at being able to win a championship, it's health.
4: Yeah, it's, right. Very true. You know, yeah. and,
2: and and if you're adding minutes to these guys, a poor Zingus especially. It's like I don't know. Seems silly.
0: Yeah. Oh. I'm mean, excited for the new court, though, and and I'll I'll be honest, they're not they're not all great, especially uh the, the Chicago Bulls.
4: What the fuck is that, by the way?
0: The what Chicago Bulls hurt my eyes. United Center wasn't for me. However, the Celtics won. I mean, look, it's something different. The first the first time they're doing this in Boston. I don't know. I think
4: it's pretty cool. Indiana's weird too, but yeah, it's a few. Yeah.
0: I get it though. You you had to you had to kind of go all out in that sense because. You know, when you look back on it, five, six years from now, we're like, "Oh, that that was the first year they did it." Because look at the fucking court, look look what that looks
4: like. And I think the whole point, yeah, I think the whole point was for that, for that reason, right? Like you turn on the game, and it's just like, "What the fuck's up with the court?" Oh, okay, this is in season game. All right, in season tournament. All right, cool. All right, just a little spice to you know a game between the Celtics and the fucking and the and the Magic. I keep bringing up the Magic, but there's other teams that need the need the I guess the eyes.
0: Yeah, NBA Two K was gonna love
3: it. I said four zero, baby. Are no. you serious? Wow.
4: No.
0: Nah, man. Three and one. Yeah, that's a general consensus. Uh, it's
3: so shocking.
0: Three and one, bro. There might be a stretch where they go at least, at least uh, one and three. Okay. Nah,
3: it's four zero. You know why? We beat the Nets because it makes sense. For the tournament. The Saturday night. That Saturday night game is the one that gets it. Yeah, it's out. The back-to-back Saturday night where it goes at home. Raptors come in Saturday night. That's tough.
0: The Raptors are tough, man. Like, that's the team. That's the team I think is going to give them fits. Uh,
3: anyways.
0: OG, Scotty Barnes, the whole gang.
3: Yeah, the whole gang going to be there. But, you know what? 4-0. The whole Schroeder, game.
0: You know, Schroeder's gonna mess around. Just like drop twenty five or something. Like you know, I don't know. I, I can just see it now.
3: Four oh, baby. <laughs>
1: Jesus.
0: All right. All right. Let's uh let's wrap up this episode. The way we wrap up every single episode here on Cosby. Show. We take our trip around the NBA with Joel's In case you missed it.
4: In case you missed
3: it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. You missed
4: it. Joel, what did we missed? Well, in case you missed it. The director of the National Basketball Players Association has stepped down after two seasons. Oh. Yeah. So, um, uh, Tamika Tremiglio. Tremiglio? I'm, I'm gonna go with that. Tamika Tremiglio has stepped Fuck down. Fucking Tamika, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guess who's gonna be the, the interim director right now? Kari No, but good guess. Andre Godala, then the freshly retired Andre Godala, going to be the uh, the uh the the acting director of the uh, Players Association. Um, I don't know. I felt that was kind of a random choice, but that's just me. <laughs> I know he's part of this, the uh Players Association. I don't know if he's one of the like the fifty presidents that the fucking <laughs> Players Association has, because uh, I know Jalen. Yeah, is, why is there so many? Jalen is one. Is um. Who else? Uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, Grant Williams about to be one, I think. Carl Malone. <laughs> I don't know about Malone. <laughs> <Grant's like, laughs> <like,
0: laughs> if you're heavily involved, you'll be a president. That's the way it is. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, you know, no, I mean, that's good for him. Big E. You know, he retired He retired <laughs> after 18 years in the NBA. NBA. Um, so, that's good. Is he a modern-day
0: Cedric Maxwell?
4: Andre Godala? Yeah. Because of the whole winning the finals MVP? and
0: No, it's because um they ha- they both grew up in the same town. Yeah, okay. man, obviously, because they fucking <laughs> both won the oh. finals MVP when no one expected them.
4: <laughs> I don't know, because I don't think I can ever hear fucking Andre Godala say, yeah, get on my back, guys. I'm going to take you guys <laughs> to a fucking to a championship.
0: You know what's funny? One of the first episodes um, I did with Max, I asked him, like, there's one player you could you would compare your, your game to that you see in today's you know NBA. Who would it be? He said Draymond Green. Oh the guy, and then he couldn't stand him later on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, more more so because Draymond was talking shit to him as if he wasn't standing right there. That's the that yeah. Happened. I think he, I think he would take that back now. Yeah, dumbass. Well, actually, it goes into my next story here. One of the. Players Association presidents uh, CJ McCollum is out indefinitely. In case you missed it, he has a uh, collapsed lung once again because this happened to him uh, two years ago when he was in when he was in Portland. When when it happened in Portland, um, he had a crap crap cracked rib that <laughs> led you to got a,
0: what <laughs> he was doing crack. He <laughs> a no, crap. He cracked himself.
4: Like <laughs> it kind of sounded like that, but. Uh, no, he had a cracked rib that led to the <laughs> <Yeah>. lung.
0: The <laughs> way he started to... He had cracked crack himself. <laughs> he shit himself. I'm like, bro, that's, a, that's just a bad day, man. That's <laughs> a thing.
4: Well, yeah, so that led to the collapsed lung. So two years later, it's happened to him again. He's undergoing the going wow. uh, further testing to determine how severe the collapsed lung is and how uh, long of the uh, process of healing. And so for now, he's obviously... Sideline indefinitely.
0: Stuff is so scary, man. Like I know we're fucking making jokes here, but like, no, 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 no I, was,
4: I was laughing at, at Zach's face on the screen. Oh, I just noticed that
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, what happened with Bronny? And you know, you hear about other players with heart conditions or yeah. any, like health conditions where, like, obviously, you don't see them coming. You know what I mean? It's unforeseen and and. You don't know if it's, if it's going to end your career, essentially, right? Like how you're probably going to respond. So that sucks, man. Especially because between CJ McCollum and and Brandon Ingram, they were going to essentially lead that team, right? With <laughs> the the
4: Pelicans, man. But the big loss when everybody's healthy, you know, they, they they could easily, you know, challenge any one of the four teams that whatever you want to throw in there for the West. But that
0: almost looks like that Pelican, uh, Those thing that they were giving out when I was down there. I remember that? <laughs> <hats.
4: laughs> we're at in New Orleans.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, um, yeah. it was all, it was at the, um, for all the fans.
4: Oh, okay. so- all right. Yeah. Now, nah, I mean, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw uh, uh response to a tweet that had like, Oh, breaking, you know, collapsed right lung and then like, there's a picture of him like holding his chest and he's just like, Yo, this is an Yo, insane right? <laughs> He's like, Yo, this is an insane pick to post with this news and he had like the laughing emoji and shit.
0: Yo, who <laughs> the fuck did that like-
4: And he's got like a wrap on his on his on his arm too, on his hand, and he's like grabbing his chest, and he's just like, Oh, breaking collapse right lung like it happened in like the middle of a game or some shit. Oh, let me tell you
0: something, man.
4: In today's <laughs> in
0: today's age, right? By the way, by
4: the way, that was not to shout him out, but, like, because, you know, that, I'm not saying it was, like, a random pick, but it's from Basketball Forever, that Twitter page. In
0: 2023, like, you got to, like, when you're hiring social media people, like, it's going to be a thorough process now because you yeah. can't just hire anybody. Like, people yeah. just don't have, like, the common sense. Even even some someone, like, even posting something, like, when, when Jalen Brown was working on his left and it looked awful. Like he was dribbling it all over the place. Yeah. And and whoever was working social for the Celtics was just like, "Yes, this is the highlight we're gonna have to post." You know what I mean? At like, all things. Out of all things. And yeah. then you had the uh, uh, I don't even want to say the other one. Maybe we should say that after hours. But uh, <laughs> all
4: right, all right, all right, yeah, what's we'll that Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. But like the way you said it, I'm like I'm I'm intrigued. <laughs> It's like you, you gotta you can't just hire anybody for social media nowadays, man. Nah, Jeez. Man. Seriously. Yeah, so um yeah, the last time the, um, McCollum um you know, suffered the his collapse lung uh, two years ago, it took him about like three weeks to recover from that. So we don't know yet how severe it is this time around. So you know Yeah, they
0: gotta figure out why that's happening. Like that's the thing. Like you can't just like rest up and you know, like and again, just, you hope it's not something that's gonna you know, cut his career short, but it's like, man, God forbid, something worse happens down the road, you're going to be like, well, what the hell happened between the first two instances, you know? like sorry. Yeah,
4: definitely, no. Yeah, he's uh on a two-year extension that he signed with the Pelicans, worth 64 mil, so he should be with them until the end of the 25, 26 season, so. Yeah, how's Zion doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zion Zion was out for personal reasons uh recently uh, this past week, and uh, I have a I have a sneaky feeling that it's because he's going to be a daddy. <laughs> That's why he was out. Oh, yeah, sweet, yeah, Good for him. yeah. His uh, former uh, porn star side yeah, chick yeah, was happy yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. I, I know, I know the whole story, man. <laughs> <laughs> In case you missed it, In yeah, case you
0: missed yeah. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have so much to say, but I'm not. I'm not even. Gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
4: talked about that. I mean, a few episodes ago, but yeah. We did over the guys, summer. Go yeah. check that out. Yeah, check that out. You know the archives. You know, All right, uh, <laughs> speaking of more injuries here on uh on, in case you missed Yo, it, and, and and in case you missed it, um and this was another one. This is another like when I saw the. uh Wait, before, you the go, before you go,
0: before you go. Yeah, I feel like you guys uh-huh. let Joe Mazula off the hook. By the
3: way,
4: with this
0: damn archive work,
4: but
3: whatever. Wait, before you go, are you talking about strip club?
4: No, we weren't talking about straight <laughs> Place. No no, no, no. no, we weren't. We weren't. All right. All right yeah, get we'll, your mic. We'll let you know when we, when we bring up the uh, the titties. Yeah. All right. Okay, so back to what I was saying. This was a uh, another uh, notification that that I got. Uh, well, many people got when it said, uh, Jamal Murray to miss the remainder. And I was like, oh shit. I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, the year. Oh, <laughs> it was the remainder he of the does. month. <laughs> it's like, yo, who the fuck, who writes shit like that? Like, it's, on this, yeah. yo, just he say he's out for the next few weeks. Don't fucking say the remainder of the month. Cause that's the, like, it it's a remainder and the cut off. And I had to like click on it to see like. Well.
0: Bro, you f- have no idea. I got him on my fantasy team, man. Oh well, well, for no, no. reasons.
4: Well, that's why you were concerned.
0: <laughs> for personal reasons, I was like, no shit, ESPN. I know he's out for the rest of the month. He's out for six weeks. Last time I check, six weeks bleeds into another month, right? So what the? F- this isn't news. Like, why did they make that graphic?
4: <laughs> no, but what I saw, what I saw the Jeez. when it when it came in, like the notification that I got it said like out likely three to four weeks. Right. Yeah. When it, when I when you open up the actual uh notification, but when it came in as like, yo, he's out for the remainder of, and it was like dot dot dot. He's like, oh shit, you know, you think he's out for the rest of the season, and I don't even have him on my <laughs> fantasy team, so it doesn't. I was just like, yo, I, like another tough break for this dude, but no, nah, he's got a hamstring injury and he's out three to three to four weeks.
0: Yeah, well, soon, man. Take
4: care of your hand, all right? I need you back. I got. to take you off of my injury reserve, right? Is that what it yeah. is for you? Okay. Cool. Yeah, you're taking up a spot, my guy. <laughs> The uh, best record in the league right now, huh? They, same, thing goes,
0: same thing goes. goes for uh, Anthony Simons. Like, come on, man. What are
4: we yeah, doing yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it would be fucking uh, Bradley Beal, uh, Devin Booker. You know, like get you shit together, guys. Come on, you guys supposed to win a championship this year, right? Come on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, what are the
0: chances you drive both of those guys and then just fuck, fucking over. Dude. it? Fucking hey but yeah. yeah
4: who'd, you, who'd you lose against recently? Um. So yeah, so the next, uh, the next, <laughs> the next, it was you motherfucker. You know who I lost against. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it was. You didn't respond to, you didn't respond to my message in, in the middle of the week, by the way. You send me a message
0: on that thing. What'd you say?
4: Um, you're going to have to open up and find out, but it was essentially the same thing. What I just yeah. told you right now. <laughs> people, people actually use that. Right, no, nah, I, I guess they don't really, but yeah. So yeah. So, uh, so you doing crazy this year? No. I have done fantasy basketball in probably ten years. Me too, bro. I came back out of retirement and it's not going good for me. It's not going good. It's Has reasons. it been ten years or well, maybe eight?
0: But yeah, yeah sometimes like, I think you just like that round number. It's like the writing thing, you know? You gotta round up, it just sounds better.
4: You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's gonna do it for this uh, edition of uh in case uh you missed it. Hit us up on all social media platforms at Causeway Street. Hit up CausewayStreet.com for all your Celtics uh, rumors, news, and opinion. And you can see Zach's piece up there about Joe. the what the missing link is between yeah, great article. between Tatum, Brown, and Joe Mazzulla. So, again, that's CausewayStreet.com.
2: Just one man's thoughts.
4: Hell yeah. it's one man's thoughts. <laughs> He's not just our capologist. He can also write, too. All right? Man a man of a... Uh, of, uh, Many, many, uh, many hats, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Fucking Joey with his thin skin. Jeez Louise! <laughs> <laughs> know I think, I think he's, I think it's more just him choosing who he thinks he could like catch off guard. And I think Gary, I know he's your boy, but I think Gary's easy to catch off guard sometimes. Yo, Gary would never. Nev- <laughs> literally because it was the beginning of the press conference
0: but it's just funny to me because he 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 sort of made a similar joke in the preseason and it was sort of like one of those things where like you know when someone's like joking but they keep going with the joke and you're just like wait he's uh he's serious you know what i mean like it was one of those where it was like i want to say it was something like to the effect of like also joe you know you I, i see you you know you guys shot you know this amount of threes or whatever and he was like yeah but you know in a loss, if you shot that much amount, though, it'd be a problem, right? And it was like, oh, you know, everyone kind of laughed it off, whatever. But it was kind of one of those, like he, like he kind of hold, held on to it, right? And then he was like later on in that same press conference, how you know, yeah, we shoot forty. I mean, if you shoot over fifty, then uh, and, you know, in it, a win, you don't mention it, though, right? But if it happens in a loss, then it's a problem. And then I started thinking, like, okay, that's the thing. But I felt like he got out of the system. Yes. And clearly he didn't because it was almost as if, and you could see in the little chuckle that he lets out before he actually responds to, to Gary's question, that he already had it in his in his pocket. He read that article being like, I know Gary's going to ask this. And the fact that it was the very first question, it was like, here we fucking
4: go. But that's another thing, too. But, I don't think there's an actual what? article, just, though. I just think he just said it just throughout. Like oh um, no,
0: it's an actual it's an actual article. Oh, it is it. okay, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone yeah, someone posted it, but like the fact that you could like pinpoint that and bring it up in that moment was like again one you had it ready, and and, and two like I don't think you just researched it right now. Like you had that ready <laughs> for a little bit.
4: You know, I know what I mean? Like, it's like the next time Gary brings us up, ah, actually,
1: <laughs> right? Actually, <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker. Gotcha. And Gary's what, like, like, which, Gary's like, this what made it extra serious? petty
0: <laughs> to me was at the end when he goes like no seriously man, it was a great article. And then and then no no no, no not not the, not the end. At the very end, when he goes, That was fun, guys. Have a good one. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's yeah. that's literally the equivalent of like, haha, I got you. I yeah, yeah. I get the last laugh, and it's just like, no, man, you lost. So <laughs> that's what matters the most. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just weird. Yeah. But and it's, it's not like this is like after a week or two weeks of him getting trashed in the, in the articles and everything, like if that was the case, okay. All right. All right. You, you want to your, your little mic drop moment. You, you've had it. You've been hearing it for a week or two. All right. I
4: get it after a win. Right. You know, <laughs> but this is just, I don't know. It was a little uncalled for. If you ask me. Yeah, no, but I like, I don't know if you saw uh, John Corral's take on it. Cause oh, he's, he said he's had the back and forth with him too, but he, he rolls with it. Right. Like for the most part, and he was just like, "Yo, if like if us as reporters get to ask or criticize to a certain extent their jobs, then they could kind of do the same back. Like, that's his take on it. Right. Like, in a nutshell, not every reporter feels like that, though. It's like this is like, don't mess with me on my job. I'm not messing with you and doing your job type of shit. Yeah, but
0: Joe, Joe makes us seem like. Gary every week is just like yeah, you yeah, guys the yeah, threes. Yeah. Steam shoot. you know what I, you, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you, that's you, been yeah. A, that's been that's been a take that he he, he goes to often. Yeah, but yeah. It, it was like too too early to be like, oh, here you go again with this bullshit. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, there's a lot of fucking threes out there, you know. And yeah. you could say the same thing about the Minnesota
4: game. Yeah, know? yeah, but no, but to to Zach's point, like if he's doing it to like protect the players, so to speak, and I'll take the heat off the players, I guess. Uh, the best way to say it. I guess that's good in some sense, but if he... Yeah, just he did that a lot last year. Yeah, if he's yeah. just doing that to be, like, it's a dick, part. doing that just to be a dick, then he's just like, all right, man, don't be a dick, bro. Just, you know, <laughs> just answer the questions or don't answer the questions, but you're like, come on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh Hit us up also on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash causeway. Yes, sir. Subscribe we on there.
0: Uh, we got a, a five-minute uh, uh clip out, out there that's, that's available for everyone, you know, so you can get a little a taste of what the episodes
4: are, are usually like. A little sample, a little sample, so of. So and you can speak. find out
0: why Sean apparently thinks uh, wedding crashes is overrated. Crazy <laughs> take.
4: Insane, insane take. Not the actual crashing of <laughs> weddings, but like the movie. Yeah.
0: I crash weddings every fucking weekend. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no.
4: We're talking about the movie. So, yeah, so exclusive content. We're giving away jerseys. We had a, our, our first winner of the new season, and the next one is coming in the, within the next couple of weeks. What up, Merlin? So, subscribe and do the right thing, alright? Yeah, not only supporting, uh, supporting us as a brand, but there's great content to boot. So, do, do the right, right. thing. That's patreon.com slash causeway. draw draws like it's three dollars, damn it. Come three on. Bucks. <laughs> three bucks. Three bucks. You know? A dollar for each of us, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Dog <laughs> Reacher. You spend more of that on Holy fans. Come on, guys. <laughs> we know. We know our audience.
4: We know you. <laughs> sick So yeah. So no, no it's Get rid it. of
0: that peacock subscription. You don't use
4: <laughs> for real. The <laughs> one of those? Yeah. We all have
0: one of those that we we don't use. You no, know, there's
4: people who got like all. Of them. They got all of them, and they just like don't realize they have. To, they're subscribed to all of them shits at the same time yeah it's stuck
0: in the 2020 mode i just i just canceled paramount which i feel like i'm gonna regret at some point
4: no yeah you, then there's like you know apple tv and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of bunch of those that you don't realize you're, you're even paying for until you're like Well, i'm still paying for this but that won't be the case if you sign up with us on patreon.com slash causeway all right yes sir
0: and you can win a free jersey man it's easy
4: yeah so, oh, so shout out to you, Zach, again for you know stopping by. It's been it's been a minute, and you know appreciate you, bro. We appreciate your your your, your latest article, and um, keep them coming, though.
2: You, you got you got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I finally I finally picked up a uh, Fubo down here in Pennsylvania, so I can actually see the game. So, oh, nice! I will nice. be plugged in going forward.
4: Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Do Where you, can what? they find you? again on the uh, on, on the interwebs, especially on Twitter. You, you Still got a pissing lot. Pissing everyone say.
2: off. Still <laughs> pissing everyone off at at OTW Sports <laughs> on,
0: on X. Like, Still pissing <laughs> off these Green Teamers. I'm Amen.
2: <laughs> Amen. I, I got a lot less to say with Marcus Smart out of town now, so it's getting it's getting more difficult. <laughs> Zach's like damn it.
4: Even though even though, <laughs> even though, it finally happened, like, what you were preaching for so many years. Like, yo, just make him the fucking starting point guard and just be done with it. And they're like, all right, let's just ship him out now. He's good. Yeah, yeah, start him out.
0: That's like, yeah, you got, you got
4: to do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> Peace. That's what he said to him. He like, yeah, he's out. He's out of here. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode. So, you know, we'll catch y'all on the, on the flip side. Peace out.
1: See you next week.